You know, I look forward to the day when we can have more than just ministry services, ministry services meaning just the word, but when we can have more kinds of, you know, different kinds of prayer services or we, we can have services where we can, you know, I don't know, whatever, whatever kind of services God would have us have, gatherings, whatever. I mean, I don't, they don't even have to be services, but just times together, you know, times in the presence of the Lord, uh, healing services or healing gatherings. Or I guess, you know, we don't even have to be services, you understand, but just whatever God would have us do. You know, um, the ministry of the word is important and the ministry of the word is something that we, we need to do. And that's something that I'm called to do. I know that, but there, there's other giftings and there's other giftings in here. And that's what we were talking about kind of we started you know getting into a little bit of that in prayer but you know this little bit of time that we do a, a prayer before Tuesday night services isn't uh, it's it, it's you know it's it's us sampling things now but it's just scratching the surface of things that we need to get into you know we're not gonna go very far if we always stay there but that was a beginning stage of where we were we were that's where we're starting amen but uh, we're gonna go further with it as time goes and uh, uh, you know we're, we're looking forward to that I'm looking forward to that but uh, the ministry of the word is where we're at tonight and at this point and I'm, I am excited for it um, you know I started uh, a two-week uh, mini series in the greater series of trajectory of the spirit last week uh, and so this is the part two of that I believe that uh, there's only two parts to this but who knows uh, we'll see where we get but part two is flesh uh, part two of the flesh and uh, versus the spirit and <clears throat> You know, I started talking last week about this this idea, this concept of the flesh and the spirit. You know, uh, you know, so often we think of these, uh, are, we, we we think of these in two very separate things, and 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 I really want to reiterate, or, or I don't know if I reiterate or if I or, or iterated this. Is that the right the right thing? If I'm reiterating it, then I would have iterated it. I don't know if I iterated it, but uh, uh, so I, I don't know if I can reiterate it. But I, I, at any rate, I am going to say this that uh, you know the flesh and the spirit they are two different things but they're the same thing you know or or, or they come together in the same body and the, the same person we are a spirit being we are a flesh being we are a soul being we are these things coming together you know it's like you know it's just like my body has a torso and arms and legs and these different parts these are different parts of the same being and so you know uh, uh, we have to understand that and so we're not throwing out one to get the other and we're not getting one to throw out the other you know we're, we're, we're keeping them all right uh, but they're, they're all equally important and we need to understand that but they, they they do function a little bit differently and there are aspects of them but we're not going to throw out one God isn't throwing out any God loves them all he loves our flesh he just doesn't love our flesh defiled by sin amen and so when we see this a lot in scripture and just by way of reminder when we see in scripture when it talks about the flesh oftentimes it's talking about the flesh that is defiled by sin. Amen. And we can see that a lot in context. If we read around there, uh, wherever it's talking about the flesh, we can see that, or we can gather that that's what it's talking about anyways. But you know, some people have kind of taken it to mean that it's just God hates the flesh altogether, but God doesn't hate your flesh. And, and why is that even a problem? Why does it even become an issue? Because, because if we, if we make it an issue, we can kind of throw things of the flesh aside and start thinking that it's not spiritual or, or it's not godly to accept anything that's not 
specifically spiritual. And that's not exactly true. But on the other hand, if we go too far the other way, we can start making spiritual or godly things that aren't godly, and that's too much flesh. Amen? And we don't want to do that either. And we see that as a problem in the church. There's anything the church in America does not need is more flesh, right? You know, uh, we don't need more uh, license for the flesh. But uh, the reason that I'm bringing these up is because in, in our circles, and what we know of, uh, there, there, there's going to be a tendency to go too much on the other, on the, on the more spiritual side. And that's why I'm preaching about these things. And it's not to come against anybody. It's not to say anybody else is wrong, but it's to bring us, this group, the people that are hearing me, amen, or listening to me to hear what I have to say. It's to bring us into some kind of balance. Now, this balance isn't because I have a, a, a corner on the, a corner market on the truth. This is just as much of the truth as I see it. And I want to bring that to people the best that I can. Amen. Uh, and, and, and that is what I'm called to do. And, and, and I can't, uh, uh, justify it any better than that. I'm not going to try to apologize for it. And I'm not going to try to do it any differently. Amen. Uh, but I want to get, because I, I find these things being problems with people that I encounter. Amen. Now, I don't encounter every Christian out there in the world, and I don't have a YouTube channel, so I'm not out there, you know, uh, you know, reaching uh, millions or thousands of people or anything like that. So I'm, I'm dealing with the people I deal with, but I deal with enough people to know that I want to deal with them correctly and accurately. If I deal with 10 people, I want to deal with them right. I want to help them the best that I can. You know, sometimes I think, man, I, I would like to help a lot more people because I know there's people out there, somewhere out there, that are thinking things the way that I'm thinking and they need that help and I just want to help those people but I, I, I got to be content with the ones that God gives me and whether it's just somebody who happens to bump across one of our, our, our videos or something like that or somebody who stumbles across one of our services some other way I don't know podcasts or whatever uh, so be it you know we're not doing this to get famous or rich or anything like that but we're just trying to preach the word the best that we can and that's why we're doing this and so we're trying to help people connect with God and that's really what we're trying to do here. I'm not trying to claim that I know everything about anything because I don't, uh, but, but uh, I have found some things that work, amen? I found some things that, that, uh, that have helped me, and, and uh, I really want to help people with those things, amen? Praise the Lord. But, but we don't want to throw away the flesh completely because God loves our flesh. He created our flesh. We just want to bring it back into balance. Amen. We, want to, uh, we, we, we need to understand that. Glory to God. And, uh, uh, and, and, and again, bring these things into balance. We want to live a balanced life because a balanced life is a life that will be lived in peace. You can't live a life in peace that isn't lived in balance. Amen. <laughs> And uh, uh, so, so if we're going to do this, we have to be balanced out. And so we want to see how these things interact together. And I really believe that the spirit and the flesh will really work together. Actually, I believe the Bible teaches that. And that's what we're going to finish up with tonight as we're going to see these things. But turn with me first uh, to 1 Thessalonians 5.21. And I thought, you know, this wasn't part of the original message. But when I, uh, oftentimes when I do a, a, a multi uh, uh, a multi-week message, I end up starting the second week or the, the consecutive weeks, I end up starting them with extra goodies that I didn't originally plan, but they come along the way. And um, I, 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 
I don't know. I just, I just find it helpful. And so, uh, but it's also a good way for me to sneak in some extra good stuff, right? And so I, I like that, you know, there's nothing wrong with sneaking in a little extra good stuff once in a while. Amen. So for, especially when you're talking about scripture. So first Thessalonians five verse 21. Now I'm just going to tell you this scripture, this scripture literally changed my life. This, this scripture in some of the hardest times in my life was one of the most helpful scriptures to keep me balanced, to keep me helped, to, to keep me uh, just just going forward. And some days when I had nothing else, the Lord gave me this scripture and it helped me so much. Amen? And it says here, but, but examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Now, specifically, it's talking about prophetic utterances and stuff like that. But I, I do believe that it can apply to so much more than that. Because it says everything. <laughs> uh, examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. This is, a, this is just a beautiful, beautiful scripture. Because Paul didn't write this to a, uh, you know, he didn't write this to a pastor. He didn't write this to uh, the apostles. You know, Jesus didn't come down and say, okay, this is written to the ministers. This is written to, you know, the first century church. No, this is just written to all believers. It's a beautiful statement to all believers. This helps uh, in, in, in uh, the first century church, the second century church, the third century church, the 20th century church, the 21st century church. If there is a 40th century church, I have to imagine it would help even then. Examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Amen. If there is one thing that will help you through your walk with Christ is if you examine all things and hold fast to the things that are good. As I've gone through, you know, as I've gone through the gamut, I was raised in one denomination, came out, went into another, changed yet again, and changed maybe more, and switched over to this one, and fell away from this one, and fell completely away from all of them, and came back again, fell away again, and then went back to some more, and then went into this one, you know, I kind of came up over here, and then went this way. I mean, this is really my Christian walk. Yeah. But this, through all of that, has been a truth that has helped me. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And all of those things, the good things stick, amen? And those things that weren't good, they just fall away. They don't matter. They don't mean anything. They don't keep me in bondage anymore. You know, when I, when, when I, God has given me a, a, a very precious ability to let go of some things in my life that are just not good. When I determine that something is not good, he gives me an ability to just let it go. And not, maybe not in all things. I, I can't say every little thing in my life that's not good. I just let it go. But there's some things when I recognize them in a certain spiritual way as not being good, it just goes. Yeah. And I'm fine with it. And, the, you, you know, and I'm just so thankful. That, but if we would meditate on this and get this, it would just help us so much. When we're dealing with spiritual things... When we're dealing with, 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 whether it's a move of the Spirit, whether it's, uh, you know, unction, whether it's all these things that we talk about, whether it's, you know, somebody presenting you something out of the Bible that doesn't make sense. If it doesn't, if you examine it carefully and it, it just isn't good, then let it go. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And by that statement, if you do that from an honest heart, God will not hold it against you. Because it's written in his word. It's given to us as a way to keep us safe. Amen. 
Because, you know, here's the other thing, is that there are some things out there that aren't for us. You know, one of the things I love about the local church is that God didn't give us rules for a local church. And you know why he didn't give us rules, I believe, for a local church? So other people may disagree with me. But the wonderful thing about it is there's nothing written about this either way. But I believe the reason that God didn't give us rules for a local church is because he wanted to be, I, he wanted them to be autonomous. He wanted them to be different uh, and to, 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 to satisfy the needs of wherever they were and to look the way they needed to be in the times that they were in the places that they were, with the people that, that, that were going to be there at this time and that time. Listen, the people that are here today are different than the people who were here when we started. There's some of the same people, but there's some different people too. And that will, be, that will adapt even 10 years from now if we're still here. Amen? And, and, and that's a wonderful thing. And so there's not rules given to us for those things. There are some things that are basic things that we can hold on to. And we say this is good. And this is good throughout every generation. And we can import to any, any church congregation. But, you know, God just, he, he didn't make it so, so legalistic that way. And it's wonderful. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I'm just so thankful that we have that. And so when we, when we, when we come to God, when we come to the things of God, we need to really, uh, we need to really have this idea in our heart. And I'm going to be honest with you, folks. God brings this up to me all the time, especially when I struggle with something. Yeah. When I am looking at something and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Because if you walk, if you walk a Christian walk, there are going to be times in your walk where you're not going to know what to do with what's before you. You are. There will be times where something's going to be before you, it's going to be confusing, and you're going to be like, what do I do with it? Examine it carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Sometimes what you're going to hold fast to is part of it. And not all of it. Sometimes a pastor is going to preach something to you. And some of it is going to be real good, but some of it isn't going to be. And you're going to hold fast to some of it, and some of it you're just going to have to let go by you. Sometimes you're going to ask somebody for advice. Sometimes it's going to be your, 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 your trusted pastor, your, your good, your, your, you know, your, the pastor that you love, Pastor Jeff, you're going to ask him something, and you're going to say, Pastor, what do you think about this? And he's going to tell you, and he's going to give you a whole bunch of stuff, and you're going to be like, oh, this is really good. And you're going to take that, and you're going to be like, but this wasn't really good. And you're going to let it go. Amen? Examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. If it's good, it'll prove out. Amen? Praise the Lord. Either way, it'll prove out. Yeah. Either you can say, I told you so, or I'll say, I told you so. Either way, it'll be good. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so this, this just help us as we get into this. And so when, when, when we're dealing with spiritual things, this is, uh, you know, when, 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 I, uh, when, when I read the Bible, uh, the, the way, uh, honestly, the way that I come to a lot of conclusions, now I study the Word, and, uh, uh, but, but, but sometimes, you know, when we study the word, we're all often at the, uh, we're, we're at the, uh, the, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? We're at the mercy. Yes. We're at the mercy of, uh, of, of, uh, what somebody else has told us. You know what I mean? Uh, we're reading the Bible, whatever version you read, it doesn't matter. You're at the mercy of what someone else said. 
uh, one of the things I actually found myself doing when I was reading uh, certain scriptures, when we get them today, I'll show you, uh, I, I, I was actually reading two different versions, like almost simultaneously, back and forth to see what they both said, because it was, I wanted to see how much different they were and just how they said it differently, because I was trying to get the nuance out of it. Because there can be nuances. They're just that much different. And, and why? Does it make that much difference? For No, it doesn't make that much difference. But just sometimes, you know, if you say something just this way, you know, it just makes you, it just makes you, it just makes you think about it a little bit differently, doesn't it? You know what I mean? It's not that it changes it so much. It's that it makes you just see it. It just brings it to life a little more, if, that, if I could say it like that. And so, you, you, you know, sometimes it's important to do that. And so, but you're at the mercy of, of, of translations and things like that. And, and if you read a commentary, sometimes you're going to be at the mercy of, uh, of a commenta uh, commentator and, and how they were trained and the things that they understand. And, 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 and so there's all these things that, that apply to these uh, that, that, that can work into um, understanding the text. Amen. And uh, so in examining these things, uh, th this can be a, a big help to us over the years. When we, uh, when we study, when we learn, we have to understand that, that this is a process that happens over time, that we're going to try things, that we're going to uh, put things to practice, that we're going to read the word over time, and that we're going to gain understanding the way things work. We're going to try things out over time. Some people don't like the idea that you're going to try things out in the Word, but you're going to. You're going to test the Word out and see how it works out in your life. You know, the Bible says to taste, uh, the, uh, the, taste the Lord and see if He's good. Or uh, taste and see if the Lord is good, right? And, and I, I've, I've looked into that, and it, that idea of tasting and seeing if the Lord is good, you know, is, is, is like that. It's like you, it's, it's not just, you know, gobbling it down, but it's like, yes, you're tasting and seeing. You're, you're, you're trying it here, and you're trying it there. You're importing it into your life. And I don't, I don't want to make this like kind of, uh, even saying it like that, I almost feel like I'm, I'm not getting my point across because I'm not saying just being flippant about God, just saying, oh, I'll try a little bit here and see how it but, 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 but bringing God into every area of our life and, 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 and you know, seeing how, how, he, uh, how, how God's things work in every area of our life. Does that make sense? Amen? Praise the Lord. Uh, I ended kind of last week, I had talked about a certain scripture, and I wanted to uh, uh, kind of get back into it this week. And I wanted to get back into it because of, uh, uh, well, specifically because of the reason of what it says. It's Romans 7.18, and I'm reading it in the NIV version here. So I'll bring it up. It says, for I know that, uh, I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Uh, in the, the, the version that I quoted last week was, in my flesh, nothing good dwells, you know. And the NASB, I think, is that, that's what it says, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. But here it says, that is in my sinful nature. And that explains it a little bit better. And that's why, that's why I wanted to bring it up again, is to kind of, uh, kind of uh, you, you know, explain what I was talking about last week. Because when we're talking about our flesh, you know, a lot of times people will quote things like this. They'll say, well, in your flesh there's nothing good. 
But see, what they're doing is they're just taking a, a scripture kind of from one version, uh, you know, one standpoint or one interpretation or one translation, and they're not really digging into it to really understand what it's talking about. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Now, I love Romans 7. Romans 7, when I was, when I was really struggling, when I was first uh, saved and, and following, trying to follow after God, Romans 7 was a great blessing to me. Because Romans 7 is where you see the struggle of man, right? You see the struggle of someone who, 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 who comes into contact with this realization of their sinful nature, and, but this also this understanding of God's pure nature. And, and, and there's this juxtaposition between the two and this, this fight between the two, and they want to be right, but they just can't. And I remember being a Christian, being born again, being somebody who had received Jesus, being changed in my heart, being like, yes, this is, my, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. And really believing that but still struggling so much with my flesh to the point where, where it was almost impossible. And I was like, that's who I want to be, but I'm nothing, not even close to that. I couldn't do anything right. And that's what you see in, in Romans 7, amen? And that's what Paul was talking about there. And he says, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. And so we see that in the flesh, uh, you, you know, that that's, that's uh, the, in the sinful nature of the flesh, it, 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 it calls to us. And, and, but the, the, the reason the Spirit's been born again, or part of what this born-again Spirit is doing, is calling to us, and it's, it, it's, it's bringing that sinful nature into obedience of Christ. It's bringing us, it's, it's calling to that future time when our sinful nature is fully redeemed. And again, you know, we're on this trajectory of the Spirit. We've been talking about this, and, and I've mentioned this many times. It's what we call the already but not yet. And some people have a hard time with this. I can't imagine why, because there's so much in Scripture about it. Again, we're going to go there here today. But uh, this, this already but not yet, that this idea that uh, the kingdom of God is already established, but it's not yet fully established. We're already, and, and this is where the, you know, some people, uh, when, they, when they talk about healing, when they talk about things like this, they, they, they say, yes, healing was, uh, Jesus paid for healing on the cross, but it's not necessarily fully established yet. Sometimes our bodies are still dealing with things here on the earth, amen? And th this is hard for people to, to qualify. Why do we, why can we, uh, how can the enemy, enemy be defeated, yeah. but we still have an enemy we deal with already, but not yet? And so uh, these are concepts that are all through the scripture, of course, of the New Testament. And uh, uh, this is what Paul was dealing with constantly, amen? Praise the Lord. Salvation is another one. Salvation, we are saved, but we're not saved. We're looking forward to our salvation. We're looking forward to that day when we're fully saved and we're fully realizing it. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. And so, uh, yeah. So now we're talking about the flesh and the spirit. Um, and I wanted to talk about some, just to kind of illustrate this, I wanted to give some examples of the flesh 
versus a spirit. And I wanted to ask some questions, and I, I actually want you to answer them. Amen? So I'm going to give you uh, some, some scenarios. I'm going to ask you some questions, and I'm going to ask you, are they spiritual or are they fleshly? Right? And, and it's okay. Um, it, they're not, they're, well, maybe they're kind of trick questions. We'll see. But so the first one, is eating spiritual or is that fleshly? Huh? What do we got? Just, yeah, eating. Is it spiritual or fleshly? Okay, we, we got, if you think it's spiritual, raise your hand. If it's fleshly, raise your hand. If you, if you think it's both, raise your hand. Okay, we got both. It's, it, it can be both. Amen. So, yeah, it was a, kind of a trick question, right? We, but, but typically, if you ask somebody, is eating spiritual or fleshly, just eating, people mostly think it's, it's, it's flesh, right? They don't think of eating as spiritual because it's just something that we do. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you could be, uh, you know, the, the, the opposite end of eating is what? No, go, no, the opposite end of eating. No, the opposite end of eating. End of eating. Going, the opposite end of eating is going to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, the results of eating. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, 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 the flesh, fleshly, right? We think of, but, but listen, listen, these, these, these are, uh, but the, these, these can, eating, it can be spiritual and fleshly. It can be both. And uh, I want to illustrate this with a scripture, but I'm going to use a, what I'm going to use is this is scripture more on the other side, on the spiritual side of it. Because uh, we, can, we can pretty much say, we can understand that it's fleshly. Romans 14, 23. I'll have you turn to some scripture in a minute, but you know, we'll just pull it up. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith. And whatever is not from faith is sin. So see, you can even eat in faith, right? So, of course, we can understand this. As somebody like gluttony, we can think of something like gluttony, could be eating um, unspiritual because if you were eating to gorge yourself or something like that you could be eating in you could actually be eating from the flesh and that would actually be unspiritual right um, it could actually be spiritual in the wrong way um, uh, uh, or we could think of something like fasting fasting could be considered a spiritual take on eating like you you, you abstain from eating to do for a spiritual purpose right and uh, I, I think I shared, I don't know if I shared here or if it was in, in Corey, maybe both. There, there was this person in Kenya because they were so serious about uh, their, their spiritualness uh, that they, there was this person in Kenya that actually starved themselves to death by fasting. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that, that and, and of course that, you know, that, that's a, a crazy thing too. But, but, uh, but something that's con often considered just fleshly um, you know, the Bible really considers it both. And, you know, I, I bring this up because, you know, so often we categorize things, well, this is spiritual, this is flesh. But really, there's, there's both aspects to it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Um, is reading your Bible, is it spiritual? Or is it fleshly? <laughs> Aaron's like, I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I ain't answering it. But yeah, it's both, right? And again, I'm going to give you an answer on the 
opposite side of what you would typically expect. Typically, we would say reading your Bible is spiritual, but uh, the answer is really both. So let's look at uh, John 5, 39 and 40. Jesus said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me. And you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. So here Jesus said, you're searching the scriptures, but see, they're doing it out of the flesh because they're not getting the spiritual. The sp scriptures are meant to build a spiritual, uh, a spiritual life in you, a, 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 you know, spiritual things in you. Uh, you, you think in them you're, you're spiritual, right? You think in them you have life, but it's these that testify of me, and yet you reject them. So, so uh, here you think, you know, they, you know, it's something somebody would think is completely spiritual in what they're doing, reading the Bible, but here they're doing it out of the flesh. And of course, these are things that we can do that can be either, right? Um, and, and, and that's the point, um, just the point that I'm making. And I just have one more for you. Prophesying. Is prophesying, is it spiritual or is it fleshly? It can be both. Yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And now I actually have three scriptures, three spe specific scriptures. And there is actually a bunch for this one, but I, I picked out three um, that I wanted to share with you on this. And, and they're all actually in Jeremiah, but Jeremiah 5.31 says, The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule on their own authority, and my people love it so. And what will you do at the end of it? They prophes the prophets prophesy falsely. Well, if they're prophesying falsely, you know, they're, they're doing it out of their flesh. They're doing it on their own authority. Uh, Jeremiah 23, 16. Thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who are prophesying to you. They are leading you into futility. They speak a vision of their own imagination, not from the mouth of the Lord. Wow. Yeah. Jeremiah 23, 26. How long? Is there anything in the hearts of these prophets who prophesy falsehood? Even these prophets of the deception of their own, their own heart? Yeah. And so here, you know, we have examples of, uh, some, you know, these prophets. And there's many more. There's many more in Jeremiah. But there's also others, other scriptures about these, these prophets that are prophesying out of their own, own desires, their own hearts. And so they're prophesying out of the flesh, not, not what we would consider spiritual. Now, of course, with all these things, whether it's the flesh or whatever, you realize that if somebody's doing something in the flesh, it can be spiritually motivated in the sense that it could be evil spirits that are motivating it and stuff like that. Um, you, you know, that they're tantalizing the flesh or whatever. And so all of that is true. But when we're talking about spiritual versus flesh, typically what we think of in spirit, spirit versus flesh is spirit good, flesh bad. And that's kind of the standpoint of what I'm talking about. So I'm not talking about a bad spirit, bad, you know, I'm not getting into all those nuances. I'm just trying to make it simple and break it down simply so we understand. When we, when we do things, we are human beings who are made flesh and made spirit. 
we, have, we also have a soul, and we're, we're all, this is all the makeup of who we are, but we're not all these things individually. We're not going to separate these things all out and be like, oh, you, you know, because, uh, uh, you, know, you know, there's this, man, there's all this, there's this stuff out there that's all confusing and, and trying to make us be something that we're not. We're all of this together. Amen. What's that? A Venda. I don't know what that is, so I'm not even going to go. She'll draw one later and, and tell you about it. Um, but this is why I said all this. I said all that to say all this, right? Just because something looks spiritual doesn't make it spiritual. And just because something looks fleshly doesn't mean it can't be spiritual. Right? Just because it looks like the flesh doesn't mean it can't be spiritual. You could be doing something in the flesh that can be very spiritual in nature. Why? Because God created your, your flesh. Your flesh can do stuff, especially if it's led by the Spirit, that is very spiritual. For example, if you get down on your knees to pray because you have an unction to pray, you are now doing something very spiritual. If you uh, go help somebody, uh, give somebody a hand, literally, give somebody a hand, and you're helping them physically do something because the Spirit led you to, your flesh is doing something spiritual, right? And so now your flesh is partaking of the Spirit and doing something good, right? So, so it's, it, it doesn't have to be that your flesh is always a bad thing. Your flesh uh, can desire things that are spiritual. And that's, that, that, that's just because your flesh desires something doesn't mean it's bad. Your emotions can be spiritual. Amen. They can be used for spiritual things. Some people, your, your uh, personality, we have personalities that differ. Some personalities are, uh, I love actually the, the spiritual gifts that are talked about in Romans 12 are really quite beautiful. Because it's, it, it, and it's, they're not just a list of gifts, I don't believe this, and we might possibly get into some of this next week. But they're not just a, a list of gifts to talk about all these specific gifts, but I really believe it's just giving us kind of a, a, a taste of some giftings, right? But it's just kind of this, this, this random, these different things, and they, they really are these random different things. Do you know giftings can just be random different things? Somebody might just be a nice person. That can be a very spiritual gift. That somebody might just be emotionally soft. But that can be a very, used very spiritually. Yeah. Amen? Yes. Praise the Lord. There are plenty of people who claim to be spirit-led, touting supernatural experience, but, uh, but, this is supposed, uh, but this supposed leading looks nothing like what is clearly given as spiritual fruit. Yeah. And I say this because as a Christian... Not just as a pastor, but as a Christian. I have noticed over the years so many people that have come to me and said, I, I, I'm led to do this or I'm led to do that. And we're going to be talking about this being led by the Spirit. I've done this myself. I'm led by the Spirit for this. I had something on the inside of me. Some supernatural experience. I had some kind of unction, right? Yeah. And this led me to do something that I know is right because I, I felt it, right? 
And I went and did this, and I failed. And then I wonder why I failed. And, you, you know, so often we're judging things just by a feeling, and we're stepping out into things that make no sense, and in it we're causing problems. Now listen, I'm not saying that the Spirit can't lead us by supernatural feelings. He can but if we don't have some kind of understanding of how all that works, he isn't starting there. God is going to first let us get in control of our flesh. He's going to help us in that area and teach us in natural things, lead us in natural things far before he's going to get us out into these, these, these deep spiritual leadings. And, and, and I see so many people, and especially, man, oh man, oh man, people do things. I, 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 and I even hesitate to say some of the things. And I hesitate because I don't want to get into, I don't want to get into controversial areas. But there's some controversial areas I've seen Christians do. Listen, if you, if you're a Christian that won't go to the doctor because of a leading, but you haven't really fully tested your leadings yet, you need to be very careful about that. Now, if it's just you, that's one thing. But if you're practicing this garbage on your kids, that's a whole other thing. Because I've seen parents do this. I'm not gonna vaccinate my kids. I think that's a dangerous thing to do when you just flippantly do that. Now, listen. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying pro-vaccine that you got to do that. But I've seen people do that and they, they don't have any, any specific leading. They haven't really truly sought it out. And I'm not talking about vaccinating for COVID or vaccinating. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. But I'm just saying that people that just go at it because they have unction or whatever and they haven't really truly sought anything out. They haven't, they, they, they just, they just automatically assume that because they're a Christian that they, you know, you know, that they have a grasp on these things. And that's not how the spirit leads. Uh, they, you know, they just throw away all kinds of medical practices because I actually, I, I have a sister-in-law who's a pharmacist and she, her and I were talking about, not this, but we were talking about me, some medical stuff once. And she said, you know, she said, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of pharmaceuticals are just uh, natural means. They, they just figured out more uh, efficient ways of making natural things. I am not supporting the pharmaceutical <laughs> companies. You know, there's a lot of problems with the pharmaceuticals too. You know, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not like promoting that. I'm, I am actually a type of person, personally, I, I like natural remedies. I prefer natural remedies. I much, if I, listen, if I could smell some oil and feel better, I like that. You know what I mean? Like if, if I can go smell a flower and, and, and get, and get, get, get a better kick than, you know, going and dropping a pill, I'm, I would much rather smell the flower, you know? So if I can go, you know, just, you know, whatever it is, like I, I'm, I'm like that. So I'm more on that end of the spectrum. But I, I say these things because what, the, the reason I'm bringing these up, I guess, is this, because people try to replace natural wisdom with some kind of weird supernatural insight that they don't really have and it causes issues and then later on they think that they fa the spirit failed them somehow and what they've done is they sometimes a lot of times they make a mockery of the faith because they've done these weird things that that that, that, that didn't need to be done now I, I again i'm not saying that you just 
go ahead and, and, and swallow every pill or take everything everybody says. I think it's, it's important for every, uh, every person to do research and to understand what they do when they do things. Amen? Uh, you know, whatever it is, I, I you know, I, I think that we would do, you know, you understand what I'm saying. I, I, I'm a, you know, listen, I'm a, listen, I have, I'm a firm believer. I, I like organic farming. I, I like, you know, I, I, this is the way I would prefer to live. Small farms, you know, like, like, yeah, you understand. So I'm, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm a little bit like on that side of things. But my point is, is that people get too far off in doing things sometimes, and I see it under the guise of spiritual, uh, spiritual uh, kind of thought process, or they say that. You know, uh, here's another one. I, I, I've, I've seen this so, so many times. I'm going to let God decide how many children we have. <laughs> but listen, God told you how it works, yeah. right? Or if he didn't, Science did, you know, and if they didn't, third grade did, right? Third grade, fifth grade, fifth grade, fifth, fifth or sixth grade did. And if you weren't allowed to go to school, then your parents should have. And if they didn't, that's their fault. So you blame them. But somebody should have told you. You understand? Like, it's, it's not a matter of, like, God doesn't decide how many kids you have that way. You decide that. You know, and you, you understand what I'm saying. And so there's, there's, what I'm saying is the spirit doesn't work completely opposite or separate from the way our natural bodies work completely. Now, there are truths to it. Sometimes, yes, there, there's bodies that don't work right or there's issues. And, and in that, yes, sometimes you need the Spirit's help or, or sometimes like maybe somebody gets a sickness and, and medical science can't cure it or, or, or maybe medical science is the wrong way to go. I mean, we have had times where it's like, you know, we knew, we knew, we knew that we knew that we knew that, you, that we weren't going to get this jab or that jab or whatever. You know what I mean? don't get this vaccine or don't get this this or don't take this pill or whatever you know we or this medicine or whatever we we've had those times and and i'm not against that i'm not saying that at all but i'm talking about people typically that get on one side of things and they get so far off on that that they get goofy and they start losing this and and what happens is is that spiritual people they get too spiritual for their own good and lose the, the, the things that natural processes tell us. Now, the natural wisdom tells us. The other side of this is there is, man, I, maybe I have to go to a third. The other side of this is that there's people that get too far into the natural and forget that there's a spiritual side. Um, I don't know where we're at. In this church, I don't know fully where we're at. I think we have maybe have a little bit of both sometimes. Um, you know, I want to be in the middle of the road. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not picking a side. I, what I'm bringing up to you is that there are, there, there are people that do this. Um, you, you, you know, uh, I, I think uh, my, Dave and I were talking one day, and we were talking about this, uh, you know, uh, uh, we were talking about, I don't know if it was uh, the COVID vaccine or something like that. We were just, we were just talking about it. And we, I don't think, we didn't even have a, we weren't having a debate about it. We were just talking about it. This was a long time ago. And I, I, I brought up this point um, uh, about it. I said, you know, I was like, people, you know, said this and this and this about it. I was like, but at the same time, 
those people uh, would, uh, those same people would think nothing of going down to McDonald's and eating, you know, McDonald's for every meal either, you know. And and that's that's my point. It's like you 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 will argue about one thing but not another. And 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 not I'm not talking about I shouldn't even said the COVID vaccine because now that's in people's minds and I'm, I even regret that I even said that. But but you know like I would just say a vaccine or or not even a vaccine because now people are thinking about that. But like a medicine. Let's say medicine. Like you know or maybe not medicine. Like like you know whatever it is. I don't care. You understand? You see the problem with pastor and preaching is that you want to say something. Do you understand what I'm getting at? You know, people will trade one thing for another. They'll, they'll, they will trade one hypocrisy for another, is what I'm saying. And, and it, but God, what God calls us to is balance. Spirit and flesh is balance. It's balance. It's both. We are spiritual beings. We are flesh beings. And this is not, uh, this is what you should do with medicine. This is not what this is about. This is don't use the spirit for things the spirit isn't meant to be used for. The spirit's meant to be used for everything with the flesh. And the flesh is meant to be used for everything with the spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, Praise God. Visions, dreams, encounters with God do not make you spiritual. Your sinful flesh, empowered to live righteously by a regenerated spirit, does. We are flesh beings, soul beings, and spirit beings. God has redeemed our spirit to guide our flesh until the day of redemption. Now, turn with me to Romans 8. It took me most of the time to get there. Man, oh man. And most of it's just because I struggled with it, you know, because I, I get it. You know, there's so many things that are, are controversial in our day. And I don't want to be controversial, but you, sometimes you just got to be to say what you got to say. But the thing is, is they were all controversial. Yeah. Jesus was controversial. He talked about the stuff and Paul was controversial. He, he talked about the stuff. Yeah. Amen. Right. So sometimes we got to get controversial and it's not because I'm telling you what to do. I don't care what you finally decide. If you die early, I'll be sad. I'll do your funeral and I'll see you in heaven. I'll be happy to see you there. Amen. I mean, that's the truth. If I die early because I made a mistake, I hope you'll be sad. You can do my funeral and, and we'll see each other in heaven, right? I mean, we don't have to be mad at each other about it, right? Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Romans 8, 23. This is the one, see, that's what I love about being a Christian right there, what I just said. We don't got to be mad at each other. We ain't got to hate on each other. As Christians, we can be wrong, agree to disagree, and race each other to the pearly gates. Hallelujah. That's it. Agree to disagree, race each other there. Help each other out the best we can. You know what I mean? Not get in each other's way. Give each other a boost if we got to. Not a booster. A boost. A boost. Romans 8, 23. <laughs> and not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting eagerly, eagerly for our adoptions as sons, the redemption of our body. Now see, these scriptures, man, so often, because what's coming up 
people often use for, you know, to, to back up praying in tongues and stuff. Like, I'm not against praying in tongues, and, and I don't necessarily think these scriptures are good for that, but, but I, I'm not against it at all. Um, I think praying in tongues is very important. Do it, did it today, did it a little while ago, praise the Lord. So, you know, you, you know I'm all for it, and, and I think you should too. I think you should be for it too. And, and if you're not, I'm still for you, and I, I you know, ra let's race to the pearly gates, you know. But, uh, uh, but you, you know, uh, but we're so, you, you see, we can get so distracted by something that you miss the other thing, right? Look what it says here. I want to reread this. We groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. Yeah. We're, re we're waiting for the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. In other words, if you had it, you wouldn't be hoping for it. That, that's, a, that's a Jeff way of saying it. Already, but not yet. Yeah. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance, we wait, for, we, we wait eagerly for it. Amen? And so we see here, this is exactly what I was talking about. This, this is what we're doing. See, our, we're, 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 we're desiring this redemption. When you, uh, our spirits are alive. Our spirits are, are, are renewed day by day, inwardly. We're being renewed day by day, the scriptures tell us. Yes. Right? Our spirits are, they, they want to go, they want to do, they want to be, they want to, they just want to conquer the world. Yeah. Sometimes the flesh don't let it. Yeah. They just don't let it. Yeah. Jesus said, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. What did he mean? The spirit wants to, yeah. the flesh doesn't. Yeah. Right? We have this, this paradox within us all the time as we're here. The flesh is fighting us. We can't stop the fact that we're dying. We're dying. Every day we're dying. Well, that's really exciting. Amen? But it's true. Amen? I'm convinced that slowing down isn't a bad thing for, for, for as we get older. Because slowing down makes us use this a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. If we went, if I went like I did when I was eighteen, I'd I'd, I'd be dead ten times already. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I tried to kill myself when I was eighteen. I mean, not not purposely, probably purposely too, but like you know, just in just in my living, I was just constantly living. I was like living to die. Like you know, I was just always hitting a wall, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Literally hitting a wall. Yeah. Actually, I just got got I got got to the brain doctor. They said I did not have a stroke. Praise the Lord. Praise God. They think it's some other things. They think I'm, they're pretty clear. They think it might be connected to something that happened to me when I was 18. Quite literally hitting my head. Really, really, really hard when I was 18. Possibly they don't know. But, but, but at any rate, yeah, that's what I did. Just because I was going 90 miles an hour. I was excited and I went 90 miles an hour and I hit something, you know. But, you know, the, uh, but, but our bodies were, were going and, and, and our, our bodies are groaning, right? And it's using this, this, this metaphor, this, this, you know, he's talking about this. But 
We're, we're groaning within ourselves, eagerly waiting this, this adoption. This is this already but not yet. We're, we're, we, we know what's right. We, how, about, how about when we deal with sin? You know, this just comes out of, of chapter 7. When we know, like, sin is, is, is knocking at our door. It's calling to us. Man, sin wants us, doesn't it? It doesn't have us. Sin doesn't have us. It's every once in a while it, it might get to us. Some of us maybe gets to us a little bit more than once in a while. But, but, but you know what I mean? It, doesn't, it can't have us. It, gee, the blood of Jesus got us, man. It, the sin can't have us. Right? But it's calling to us. There, I, I, sin still calls to me. It can't have me, but it calls to me. Right? I don't like that. I don't like that it does. I don't like that. You know, it frustrates me that it does. It's, I want that future. I want that redeemed body that isn't affected by that. That doesn't even hear that call. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Now we need to talk about the... Well, I got a little bit of time because I go over on Tuesdays. I have to remind myself of that too. Amen. <laughs> so now we're going to go... We're going to back up in the chapter. We're going to back up and we're going to talk about the indwelt spirit. Because actually it's all explained here. Romans chapter 8 is really a wonderful chapter. Romans has is, is traditionally been like one of, was like one of my favorite books of the Bible and I, I see that even more now in really Romans 8 I found myself in Romans 8 and 12 a lot Romans 8 1 it says therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus right for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus <coughs> has set you free from the law of sin of uh, sin and of death I don't know about you. You know, last week I said this. I'm trying to get away from this idea of spiritual laws. This is the only spiritual law I want to live by. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Unless you can find another place in Scripture that says the law of this, this spiritual law. If you find another one, show it to me, please. I'm asking you honestly. If you find another where it specifically says spiritual law in the Bible, bring it up to me, I will take it, and I'll say, okay, I'll add that to my, 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 the, my spiritual law of life in Christ Jesus, but this is the one I'm sticking to. Yeah. I'm not, no others, not adding to it. I don't feel like I really want to add to things that aren't there. Yeah. This is my personal, this is my personal bent, but I, I don't want to add to the stuff. I don't feel the need to import my ideas into here, some more of my desires in here. I just want what the Bible says. Right? right? right. All right. Uh, has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his, uh, his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Amen. I'm reading through verse 4 here. So that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, we've been talking about this flesh and the Spirit, right? Remember what I said, though. See, I always read this before. If we're walking, this is the way I would think about this. If we're walking according to the flesh, 
it means I'm, I'm following just what my, whatever my flesh wants to do. If I'm walking according to the Spirit, I'm just following the Spirit. I'm being Spirit-led, so I'm, I'm okay, I'm getting on the inside. I'm, what does the Spirit want to do? I didn't make provision for the flesh and the Spirit that are working together. I didn't make provision for a, a flesh that wasn't being led by sinful nature anymore. Because this is talking about flesh that is being led by sinful nature, not flesh that's being led by spiritual nature. When it says being led by the Spirit, it's talking about flesh that's being led by the Spirit. Do you understand? Amen? Praise the Lord. I'm going to read the next few verses in the NIV version just because I, I, I think it says it in a nicer way. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. So let me ask you, <clears throat> if your mind is set on what the Spirit desires, you know, your mind, okay, we have to work our mind into this too, right? Because the mind, you know, I know, it's, I hope this isn't getting too confusing, but your mind and your flesh work together, right? What does your flesh do that your mind didn't first do, right? No, nothing, right? And, 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 and the mind that was controlled by the Spirit, we know that's, we could probably say that's a pretty good thing, right? 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 Okay. So we're, we're on it. So, so if your mind's controlled by the Spirit, right, and then your flesh obeys your mind that's controlled by your Spirit, then your flesh is controlled by your spirit. Your flesh is doing good stuff. So your flesh and your mind now are good. Because the fruits of the spirit all acted out in the flesh. Where are the fruits of the spirit actually seen? In your mind. Or they can't be seen in your mind. They are seen in your flesh as a reflection of what's in your mind. Whatever's in your flesh is a reflection of your mind. And so here's the thing, you know, people want, there's so many spiritual people that want you to reject your mind, but the problem with rejecting your mind is it's stupid. <laughs> your mind is not to be rejected. It's good if it's renewed by the spirit that is controlled, you know, that is obviously the spirit that is in line with the word, you know, the born again spirit, Right? The renewed spirit. And so as we see this here, when the spirit, desire, of course, the spirit here is not your spirit. This is capitalized here, meaning the Holy Spirit. And I believe that's what they're talking about. The Holy Spirit, the spirit that is uh, working within you to bring about what he wants to bring about inside of you, which is how we believe that Jesus lived. He was in the flesh, but he, he lived in obedience to the spirit. Go ahead to verse 6. The, I love this. I love this. Governed. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Verse 7. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile toward God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So to understand this, the flesh that is governed by the mind that is governed by the spirit is not bad. And God does not hate it. God is not opposed to this flesh. So you understand the freedom, this is what the freedom of the law, go back to verse 1. Or verse 2. 
the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is this. The life that is governed by the spirit is free in Christ. This is what freedom in Christ is all about. Is that if you are free and you are, if, if you, if your spirit is not just doing fleshly things, and you go to Galatians 5 and you look at, you know, you, you know, if you're not just like in debauchery, you're not just partying, you're not just out there, you know, sleeping around, you, you're doing the stuff, you know, like the, 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 the obvious things, the things that cause the death, you know what it is, right? If you're not just living that life, but you're, you're, you know the difference, and as you live as a Christian, the more you live as a Christian right, the more that you know inside what's right and wrong, you can just sense it, you just know it. It just you just you, as you get around it, you know it's not right, yeah. right? Yeah. As you live that way, it's just it's freedom. You just don't you don't even want to touch it. Yeah. You don't need anyone to tell you. This is why so many, you know, man wants to put so many rules on things. Like like listen, I I don't I don't need to be told how to dress. Yeah. I know I like there's times when I dress and I'm like this ain't right. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody has to tell me that. Nobody has to tell me that because inside I know that it's not right. Yeah. And there's times when I dress differently. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, there's such freedom in life. Nobody has to tell me that. Right. Nobody has to tell me what I, there's times when I, and I know that I shouldn't eat that. Mm-hmm. There's times when I'm going to do, I know that I shouldn't do that. Yep. This is freedom. The law of life in Christ. See, this, the, 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 this freedom, it, 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 and that's exactly what it is. Is This isn't a free-for-all to just go do anything. But you understand, this isn't just a rejection of the flesh and of the mind saying it's all bad. You know, we have to learn to live within these parameters. Amen? So I'm going to go back to verse 8. But this is a this is a problem. Actually, before I go back there, um, actually go back to verse um, go back to verse seven. The mind governed by the flesh. So you, you know, I often uh, actually, could you pull up James one uh, one twenty? I think it is. The anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. If you look up that word anger in a concordance, um, one, one definition for the word, and I believe it applies, it's not a long definition, is the natural disposition of man. Yeah. It mean, meaning the natural bent of man, the nat- natural direction. And, and, we, and then we can understand anger as being that thing. It means anger, wrath, you know, uh, but that the natural inclination of man is to just attack. And I, and I like that version of that, that idea of natural inclination because isn't that what it is? Isn't that our problem? Is that when we just, we just follow those natural, like, well, I just want to do it, you know? We just go after it, right? This is a, you, you attack me, so I'm going to attack you. You yelled at me, so I'm going to yell back at you. you. You made me mad, so I'm going to make you mad or whatever. You know what I mean? That natural disposition. And so that's that, that mind, that natural disposition. No, go ahead. Go back to where you were. Sorry. So thinking of that, if, if you'll think about that, that mind that's governed by the flesh, that's governed by that natural disposition that, that, that has that, you know, that wants to do it, it's hostile to God. 
And so if you think about this, if you, in lieu of all that I've been saying, like even earlier when I was going on that rant forever about like the things that we decide, if we say, okay, well, because I'm this, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, but we've never really sought God on it. Or I think, you know, you know, we come up with these scenarios in our heads, in our hearts of what we think we need to do. And we say that it's the leading of God, but it isn't. It was just our mind coming up with them. It was just this, this, this natural bent that we have because of our desires or whatever. It was never God. And we call it the leading of God. Now go on to verse 8. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he, is, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of, of him who, do, uh, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead uh, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brethren, we are under obligation, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh or the sinful desires of the flesh. For if you live according to the sinful desires of the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. See, when you look at this verse... In light of all of that, yeah. doesn't it sound a little bit different? Yeah. Does it to you? I mean, it does to me. When I look at this, this verse in the light of all of that, of understanding that the, uh, being led by the Spirit of God means that when, when I get myself in line with His truth, what is God's truth? It's His Word. When I understand what God says about himself, when I understand what God says about me, when I understand what God says about right and wrong, when I understand about what God says, yes, there's spiritual things. Yes, there's, there's going to be leadings. Yes, there's going to be times when his spirit comes upon us and, and shows us the way to go. I'm not taking any of that away. I'm not saying that there can't be unction. Yes, the, you know, 1 John 2.20 tells us that we have an unction on the inside of us. And some versions say an anointing. We do have an unction on the inside of us. There is a, uh, a spirit on the inside of us that speaks to us, that leads us. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll show us all things or he'll tell us all things. The Bible tells us these things. Amen? Praise the Lord. But we first have to learn how to deal with this flesh and how it's going to deal with that. How it works, how he works together with that. Amen? Hallelujah. This is not a mu uh, uh, as much about having some other worldly experience as it is learning or retraining or transforming the flesh by the desires of the Spirit. Yeah. And when you learn to do that, brothers and sisters, when you learn to retrain your flesh by the desires of the Spirit, then you truly open yourself up to the leading of God. This is when God's spirit can really start mo moving on you to do the magnificent things. This is where, but see, most people, they've, they've never gotten past this. They've never gotten past this place of the flesh. 
You know, they, they, and, and some people just try to throw it all out. And what they do is, and I've seen this, I've seen people, they just ignore the flesh. They just ignore it and they just go to this place of the, they think it's a spirit. And it might be the spirit, but it ain't his spirit. They think it's a place of the spirit, but it's funny because when somebody spends all this time in the place of the spirit and there's no fruit of the spirit, you know, when you look at the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, and the great, all the spiritual stuff, Roman, or 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14, all the spiritual stuff we see in 1 Corinthians, and how they sandwich right around 1 Corinthians 13. And it says that none of that stuff even matters without love. And yet, for, and what did I tell you last week, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, love is the first fruit of the Spirit that an uber-spiritual people always seems to be axed first. Yeah, people that like, oh, I'm, they're so spiritual, they're no earthly good, they can't love on people. They're so spiritual, they can't, they can't witness to people because, because when they try, people think they're jerks. I'm telling you the truth. If, if you can't walk up to somebody and love on somebody, you aren't spiritual. If you can't talk to somebody and care about them, you're not spiritual. I, listen, I, I don't care. Like people using personality traits to, to, to express why, why they can't, or to justify why they can't, yeah, why you can't be nice to people, doesn't work. There's no spirit. You can't do it. You know, listen, I don't care if you spend 100 hours a week in prayer. If you can't be nice to people, if you can't love on people, clanging symbol. Yeah, praise the Lord. Ah, praise the Lord Jesus. If you're abusing people, if you're doing, oh, you're moving mountains, but you're abusing people, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it's not spiritual, it's flesh. You can pretend all day long, you can convince hordes of people that it's spiritual. But if it's not producing love, the very first one, you like some people skip that, and they go on to joy. Yeah, oh, there's people that skip love, go on to joy, say it's producing joy, and it. But you skipped over love. Do you know what First Corinthians, uh, thirteen verses one through four, don't start off with joy. Yeah, you can't have joy without love. You can't have it. When people talk about peace, you got to be led by peace. But not if you ain't got love first. Oh, I'm, praise the Lord. I'm just telling you the truth. Listen, this convicts me too. Because there's plenty of times where I, I don't feel like, I don't want to talk to that person. Love. You want to be spiritual? Love first. You know, this is, oh, Jesus. Right before he went to the cross, the last thing he shows his disciples is he gets down and he washes their feet. And he says, if you want to be first, you serve. Yeah. 
And yet we've built systems where everybody's climbing on the backs of someone else to get somewhere. And people are forgetting how to serve. Oh, I'm serving. I'm serving. I'm serving from up here. Jesus didn't serve from up there. He served from down there. He served on his knees. You can't convince me otherwise. I've seen too much in the word. Praise the Lord. I'm going to close with Romans chapter 12. Verse 1 and 2. I just didn't think it was fitting to say all that I said without closing here because even this makes more sense to me now. I want to reread what I said. This is not as much about having some otherworldly experience as it is learning or retraining or transforming the flesh by the desires of the Spirit. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. The NIV says here, this is your true and proper worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Right after this, directly after this, he goes in and talks about gifts. Don't talk to me about gifts until you talk to me about this. We can't understand gifts until we understand this. You can't understand the perfect will of God is until we understand these things. So, brothers and sisters, until we start, until we start desiring to, to, to know these things, praise the Lord, we're, we're, never going to, we're never going to step over into that. Amen? Wow. Praise the Lord. True and proper worship. I love that. True, the, the true and proper worship is presenting ourselves living and holy sacrifices before the Lord.